with the legends of iron. I'm John Anderson. Meet my co-host, Nick Best, and Akeem Williams. We're going to have some amazing guests on the show. Buckle up tight, because we're going to be talking about the shit you're not supposed to be talking about. We're going to be discussing anything and everything it takes to become a legend of iron. Legends of Iron is brought to you by MuscleMets. MuscleMets is the creator of Carnival Pure Beef Protein Isense. Beef built muscle and Carnivore is the world's number one selling beef protein. And don't forget to try our new Carnivore flavor, Rocket Pop. Oh, damn. Whoa, this is it right here. Wow, is this protein? Delicious. This is so good to be protein. Woo, we about to change the game with this one. You're gonna love it. Welcome to another edition of Legends of Iron. I am John Anderson. With me always, my partners in crime, Nick Best and Akim Williams. We have got a killer show for you today. We've actually got a wrestler. This guy has been the champion of just about every fucking federation known to man. And he is, right now, he is one of those guys, he's everywhere. And on top of that, this is one of the dudes that I hung out with the most when I did my time in Japan. My man, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, welcome to the show. What's going down, my brother? brother, Thank you guys for having me. We tried to do this a couple months ago. And, uh, you know, a lot of people in this whole COVID, corona thing that went on, obviously that stopped the whole world. A lot of people lost, they, they weren't as busy, right? They stayed home a lot. My shit turned like into insanity. Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, I mean, like, fortunately, I, I was busy. Like, I was almost like my wife just texted me today and was like, "I'm really missing you." And I and she doesn't say that often, and she does not say that often. <laughs> and she's like, you're, "You're on the road so much now." And I'm like, you know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But uh, hey, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely, bro. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, being on the road, all it's tough. I mean, God, I remember way back when it was, uh, you know. Being on the road with your young kids, that was a challenge. Sounds like now you got things worked out a little bit more with the family, which is great to, great to hear, brother. Yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, it's it's hard to explain, really, because I think mean, we, we were in Japan a lot back. You know, I, I started in Japan in 2008, and then John came over, I think, was it nine or 2010? Yeah, over there? I think it was nine, end of nine, I came over. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had my first baby there um, back in 2010, and, you know, five days later, I left for Japan for six weeks. And uh, wow. Oh, my gosh. It's kind of... I mean, I had a, you know, wow. I, had, you know, I can tell you, I have four boys now. And my, I had my second son, December the 7th of 2011, and I had to leave three days later and I was gone for Christmas. So it's those little things that they kind of fuck with you when you start to think about it a little bit. But, you know, hey, daddy got to pay the bills, baby. And, and they get it. <laughs> and the boys, well, and that, the boys. Get and now, yeah, and now the boys get to watch you on TV being the fucking champion. What's better for a fucking young, uh, for a young boy to watch their dad on TV fucking knocking the smack out of people? You know? That was cool. You know, that 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 was what you know, when we went to WWE. That was probably the coolest thing for them, just being able to, you know, because I was in you. Japan, right? All the time. They didn't really get to see. They couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden I was in WWE, and then we go to the amusement park or something, and I started to get recognized because that was the first time mm-hmm. they'd seen that. They're like, Oh mm-hmm. shit, that, daddy is pretty cool now. But they're <laughs> over it now. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're completely, they're completely over it now, though. They don't, they don't watch daddy's stuff. They don't, they just like, they know that dad does this, and you know, dad's just dad now. It's really, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, man. 
I couldn't imagine if my dad was would have been like Ric Flair or something. I would have been crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. are you drinking a beer there, bro? Is it, fella, or is I'm that not, okay? Because I speaking of this, last night. <laughs> I was going to say because this guy, when when we were in Japan, he had a beer in his hand just about at all times, and basically, kind of a funny side note story. One day. Well, when you go over there, you kind of get challenged. Everybody wants to see if you're a strong drinker, you know? Yeah. And so basically you got to kind of, you, you got to kind of put your foot down and let people know that it's that, that you can hold your own when you need to. But uh, Chad and I, we had our own little thing. We called it, uh, what did we call it? We called it the strongman invitational. So strongman every two, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So basically what you tell the story, what, how did that whole thing start? The strongman was my wrestling name. So I liked it. Sorry, I'm sweating because this Japan's very humid and like the air conditioning doesn't even. That's another weird thing about about Japan is they don't turn the air conditioners on until May the first or something like that. Like in all the hotels, and so really? like it's, it's hot. You're in yeah. the, you're in the Dome Hotel, Tokyo Dome, correct? I'm, I'm not in the Tokyo Dome Hotel. I'm in Shibuya. I'm in the Shibuya. Oh, okay. I was gonna say fuck the, the Tokyo. They got that shit on all the time in the Dome. Yeah, no. It's so you, yeah. This is a different hotel. This this is very Japanese, where they just where they control everything. So it's like I'm burning up. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So you know, I think a lot of cultures are built on drinking, right? But Japan is really they 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 love to go out and have their drinks. And then when you're a young, you know, I started I started here is what they call them young boys. When you're like, you know, when you're the, the younger kid or the or the underneath guy. And they just force you to drink, man. And I was like, bring it on, bro. So I started, I just learned how to start smashing beers. Then I started getting cocky with it. And I started telling people, <laughs> I can drink, I can drink with anybody in the world. I said, you know, that was his line. I can drink with anybody. It was always, I, I finally said, one day I was like, that's it, dude. We're fucking going toe to toe. John goes, John goes, I've had enough. Fuck, let's go. So we start smashing these. We just, we go out and I mean, John can smash beers. So we're about 10 beers deep, and I don't know who started it, but I'll, I'll just go with the story. We're about, <laughs> we're about 10 beers deep, and he's talking shit to me. I look at him, and bam, I slap him across the face. <laughs> and he goes, you know right, really? you know This is right in the middle of a restaurant really? with, a, the, with a sponsor that's letting us eat and drink as long as we want for the day. So we're supposed to be behaving, remember? Now, not, now, now we were fucking with each other the whole time, and, we, and he's, he's like a big brother to me, so it wasn't just out of nowhere. I wasn't ready to fight him. It was like I just kind of had enough, and I went, see? And he goes, oh, okay, you little shit. He takes me <laughs> wham, he smacks me and almost kills me. So the next thing I know, we're smacking each other the whole night. I wake up the next day my in, jaw, in this restaurant. In yeah. this restaurant. I wake up the next day and my jaw is sore. I'm hungover. I've been throwing up the whole morning. I said, man. He, he threw up in me. his heater. He threw up in his heater in the middle of the night. And the thing turned Ooh. on and it, it's like made this room smell like puke. So, yeah, so I, my room smelled like ass and ketchup, man. So, so, so basically the, the new sport of uh, smack, the smack sport that he just started, started with you guys. It started with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. But then and then uh a couple of other people that were with us, they were like uh, a couple of Japanese guys were like strong men and, and machine gun, too crazy, like little boys, too much slap, 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 too crazy. <laughs> the strong man yeah, but, don't drink. How did you and John not get arrested? They don't, they don't, they, they, they like when foreigners do stuff like that. Like we weren't breaking anything, you know. They, they nah, like when they, okay. they like when they you like guys, act up like that. <laughs> they like their culture, totally. Their culture is so laid back, they would yeah. never act that way. So, for them to sit and watch this, this is great. 
You know? They're just, they're just also, <laughs> so when you go out to eat, not only you're eating and being entertaining as you eat because you're eating so much food, you get to be doubly entertaining because you guys are smacking the heck out of each other when you're eating. Hey, listen, I don't know what the, I don't know what got into me to make me think to to smack John. I mean, so. <laughs> I guess it's I guess it's a I guess it's a it's a uh, it's a good thing that I like got sick of him fucking with me, so I had to slap him. I guess so at least I, I stand up for myself. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, you know when you're over there for three weeks at a time, sometimes that by the end of the tour, you're you're a little fucking nuts. You know? You're, yeah, and you're, you're going a little you're, crazy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But John, I don't think you had to wait for the end of the tour. <laughs> you just kind of that way all the time. <laughs> One of my bosses, he's my boss now for Impact Wrestling. He uh, he came oh. over. It was he came over at the beginning of a three week tour one time, and he hung out with us in Tokyo the first two days. We just landed. We hung out for two days, and then he left because he had to do business. Then he came back on the final day, and he, he still tells a story. He says, "I was there with with Machine Gun and Gallows that first day, and they were they were funny, they were sweet, they were calm. We were having a good time." I came back three weeks later, and they'd been there for three weeks, and those guys had lost their fucking minds. <laughs> they walked in the room. It was a mess. There were beer cans everywhere. We were talking crazy. I mean, you start to just kind of go loopy, man. Wow. I mean, it's yeah, great. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful country, but when you're over here, you know, it's when you're over, it, it, you know, it's very, it's very, very different. Like this, you know, you got a tuna can, right? This tuna can doesn't. It looks like it doesn't. How do you know it's tuna? It, it took me eight years to figure this out. You know. Really? <laughs> so you open a can and don't even know what you're eating. You're Listen, eating. You're, you're, I gotta make you sure it's not cat food. You are in the land of sushi, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the the hardest thing going over there, you know, for for was for me was trying to find you know keeping food because I was living off fucking hard hard boiled eggs because yeah. you know the it's it's you're you're I'm trying to keep you know my nutrient value up. And it's not like this to eat. I could literally take a dozen hard-boiled eggs, put them in my like cargo pants, and I was just walking around with fucking eggs in my pockets all the time. Because anytime I was hungry, I just fucking pull an egg out. I got remember Chad. I, I got in trouble on the bus. Gato came and said, "Hey, you're leaving eggshells on the ground," and the, they didn't <laughs> like that. So I just said, and "Keep in mind, this is a this is a culture where when they tell you to do something, if you don't do it, they'll just fucking cut you loose. That's just the nature of of." Mm. Uh, and and I wasn't I wasn't one of those. Chad was he was one of the stars. I wasn't quite there, you know, in terms of my place in the company. So I just literally started eating the fucking eggs with the shell, you know. But just put no. the best thing in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, watched, yeah. I watched it. I heard it. That's dedication. Holy we sat each other. We sat beside each other on the bus for for uh, you know for these. You you take long bus rides. It's just the way yeah. it is. Like, a small country and you could fly here and there but a lot of times it's easier just to get on the bus and they drive the bus for you so we'd sit there and like it would be i remember it'd be the just say it's 11 p.m or something we got a four-hour ride back to tokyo from osaka or something and i would just hear a crunch crunch i'm like what the fuck no no really? I, I, I i'm curious john how did it pan out in the bathroom after that you know, actually, I had I had no fucking issues with it, to be honest. You know, because you know, no, no, look I mean, at Chad. Chad, what was his gas like? Well, oh. I mean, his his gas was the worst of all. I mean, just the worst. The worst of all. Oh. 
And he was always egging me on in the bus. He's like, come on. He's all like, literally egging fart, you on. I would fart on the bus, and the Japanese would get so offended. They would be so upset. <laughs> they, would, oh, they would be, I mean, they would just be like, I mean, they're, they're just, they're looking back like you, they can't believe what you just did, you know? I <laughs> can <laughs> see the paint coming off the wall. Oh, well, see, the and, first and, time, the, the one of the, when he first got there, you know, John's a funny, charismatic guy, right? Well, the first time he's, he ripped a fart up front, he starts wafing and he's laughing, right? He thinks, <laughs> he thinks it's all funny, right? And it is funny. It is funny. <laughs> but the Japanese boys are looking around, you see the, the anger on their face. They don't like it. They don't like it. So we had, to, we had to tell John, hey, you got you to gotta keep those parts a bit of a um, secret, bro. <laughs> and then, of course, Chad's always egging me on. You know, it's like, come on, let another one. Because it was just the looks on their faces was priceless. It was just straight up entertainment. You know, when you're on a tour bus ride, you know, it's one thing if you're going to sleep. But if you're on the if you're on the bus, and you can't go to sleep. You're trying to find the shit that we would do to entertain ourselves, including like I a bottle of water just so that I could fucking basically try to put a little pressure on the fucking system to, to push one out. <laughs> so we could sit there and be entertained. <laughs> oh my god! Nothing's nothing's better than when you when you rip one and you start looking around. You see their heads. So you see their heads start turning. <laughs> but then it was either me or John. So either me and John started getting in trouble for it. So it was started. We started feeling uncomfortable farting. You know. So. <laughs> oh god. So no, that's no. pretty much what it was like to travel on the plane with Eddie Hall. Okay. Because yeah. Eddie would just let him go on the plane. You know, and it just. Green, just you know, green, green gas just flying. You just see people's heads just jerk around. So I totally feel your pain. Totally feel I your mean, pain. You, I mean, yeah. there's there's no possible way that you can hold all that shit in for lengthy periods of time. You know, nor would I want was, to. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was back when there was. I mean, <laughs> I haven't been on the new buses yet. This is uh, uh I, I apparently they have new buses now, but they didn't have bathrooms on the old buses. So you'd have to hold everything until they stopped. You know, it's like that's pretty intense. Wow. Yeah. yeah. When WWE, when, when WWE, when we would land in England or whatever, they always had buses for us and there was always bathrooms. So that was like a change for me. So I was, fuck, I just was smashing. Cause you can't drink on those Japanese buses. Cause you get, you got to pee. You're, you're in trouble, man. Mm. You know? So they just won't pull over when you need to pull over. I mean, yeah, they'll ask you to pull over. One time we got stuck in traffic. I remember and John had to take a shit. Oh my you know God. That? I remember that. Yeah. We were coming home. It was supposed to be like a four hour drive and it turned into like a, nine because we were sitting on sitting there was some sort of a fucking wreck and we we're just sitting on the, there was no we're in the highway going nowhere yeah. it's like a parking lot i we swear to god we, this ass yeah. my ass was going to split open with that turd coming out of there you know <laughs> well we thought we, we thought we were gonna have to slow down and have you just shit out the door i was literally i was like getting up to the front like look i'm just gonna hang it out just just i'm i won't get out i'll just hang my cheeks out the door and let it go and they were like appalled. They were appalled that I was even wanting to talk about it. But I was like, "Okay, we're, I'm gonna sh I'm either gonna take a shit on the bus or outside the bus. What's it gonna be?" <laughs> I think they found, they found the McDonald's and they took it off the bus and it waddled to the McDonald's. And with the boys, the way the boys laughed when you when you're, when you're pinching your cheeks, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because oh, you know, my my deep cheeks can only protect from so much of a slip up. You know, you let something like that go. You're going to you're going to mess your drawer. You're going to mess your trousers up. You know, <laughs> oh, sorry. This, so, is, this 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 thing's gone way off. off the rail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell us, uh, tell us uh, without what you can you can keep, uh, you know, keep the innocent, uh, 
keep their confidence. But tell us the story. Don't, don't you don't have to tell us the federation or who it is, but tell us some sort of a crazy backstage story, brother. I know that there's a lot of shit that happened when we were together, but hell, you've been all over the fucking world with all the best companies. Talk to oh you. Oh my god, there's just uh, I mean, I'd have to I'd have to think of something to. I'd have to think of something somewhere to how to figure that one out. There's so there's just so many. I mean, fuck, I started wrestling. I started wrestling in 2002, you know, and I was in the independence in the, you know, the independent scene for um, must have been six years, I guess. And then finally, in New Japan hired me in 2008. Um, damn. I can't even. I mean, there's just so many, Johnny. I can't even. I can't even. <laughs> what's the craziest stunt you've ever done out on this out, out on the ring? What, what's the most insane thing you've done out on the ring? Oh man, I remember there was a time you've had to do some stuff that's just nuts. I mean, there's there was there there was a time in Osaka, Japan. Um, we wrestled the Dudley Boys. If you've heard of them, Team Bubba mm -hmm. Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley. Um, mm -hmm. they, I think they had just left the WWE and. Uh, they were in a, in a company called TNA, and we had a we had a, a hardcore match against them for the for the tag team championships. I think the, one of the first times we challenged for the titles, and I remember I went to the top rope and I set this ladder up and I put Devon on the ladder and I went to the top. And it was the first time I did something like that because I'm not a real I'm not a crazy. I've been fortunate that I've been able to do what I've done without and be the size that I am. I'm not massive or anything, right? I'm a normal size guy, and I don't do a lot of flips and shit. So I kind of like. I'm lucky. I'm fortunate in that sense. But I went to the top and I looked around. And I saw how high I was, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" So I was going to squat <laughs> 15 feet below. Oh, me. And I jumped, and Devon moved. And I went through the ladder, and it sliced my ass. Like, but I just remember jumping, and I don't know what because I'm not a daredevil. I remember I just remember being scared to fucking death. But wow. so, so yeah, you through the ladder. I went through the ladder. Ladder broke. I went. The ladder broke. And I landed on the floor. I mean, this is probably 12 to 16 years ago now. I think about it. Jeez. God damn. <clears throat> Time flies. Wow. Well, Brent, no, so let's, let's, let's back up because, see, Chad's got one of the best stories in terms of just a guy who loved wrestling and just started off. Like you said, he's not a really physically big guy. And at yeah. the time, obviously, now he's really good with promos. He can talk up a storm. That's what he does. He stands there in sunglasses, looks like a badass, and talks. That's pretty much his job now gets paid for yeah. fucking talking smack, which is great. But there was a time when you weren't like, so you came up, basically started off just loving wrestling. Talk us through that timeline because we always yeah. loved it on the show. We love to show people how you think you can't do it, but you somehow make it. And you are that guy. I mean, this is a guy who literally almost had to quit because he had no place to go. So tell, tell us the talk, the timeline through brother. Yeah. So I, 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 uh, I grew up in North Carolina and I, uh, I got a scholarship to play baseball at a division two school called, uh, Mars Hill college. It's a small Baptist school. They, they gave me money to play, you know, they paid for my school to go. So I went and my second year of college, uh, I just, you know, I knew I wasn't going to go pro in baseball. I fuck. I would, my freshman year, I was, I probably set a record for striking out. I also was just, <laughs> I also was, also was just thinking about like wrestling all the time. And I just could have cared less about baseball, but, I saw this special on MTV called True Life. They have that that uh, there's a, mm -hmm. a series that they have. It's True Life. I want to be a pro wrestler. And I was like, I watched it. And I was like, Whoa! There's like an actual schools. I didn't know there were schools. This was in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. I was like, there's, there's or 1999. So there's actual schools here. Like this is crazy. And they followed a school around in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, 
I quit school and I moved to that and I, I left North Carolina and I moved straight to Cincinnati. I didn't know anybody. I got an apartment and I started training at that school in Cincinnati, man. And uh, I started wrestling independently until 2005. I met just, you know, little small shows, you know, wrestling for free in front of 50 people or eight people or 10 people or like the high people. school, the high school gym scenario. Is basically yeah. Yeah, even in high school gym would have been a nice thing compared to some of the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you name anywhere, if you name anywhere, I've absolutely wrestled there in front of you know mm. for no money as well. And then mm. that, and then somebody told me to move to Los Angeles because there was like I didn't have you know I didn't have a girlfriend or, or kids or wife or anything, and they said there was a good school in, in L.A. that could maybe help me get to Japan. And so I I moved I quit I quit my job in Cincinnati and I moved to Los Angeles. And I started living in this thing called the uh, the Los Angeles Dojo. They were it was affiliated with New Japan, and I was sleeping on the ring and on the outside of the ring for the first uh, couple months. And then they I made myself a little bed up in this upstairs part, but it was on like an old weird mattress. And I was there for two years, man. And still, again, I'm I'm six foot. I'm two hundred and ten pounds. Like I'm, you know, I, I don't. So I'm not like this physically imposing guy. Of course, I'm I'm a normal human, which I always like to say, like. You look at John, look at you guys, you guys turn heads immediately. And yeah, like I turn heads now, I get it. But like I, I, <laughs> I just walk into a normal room. If I walk into a, a you know, back then I don't, I walk into a room, nobody, you know, you're not looking at me going, what, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, so I think I had to study or I had to work really hard with the training and I had to work hard on trying to figure out, you know, which avenues I had to do. I think I had a, a real good natural ability of just, and I loved wrestling all that. I loved professional wrestling since I was a kid. I, you know, I followed it my whole entire life. So I think that helped mm. with, with just being a, you know, a natural at it. And finally, this, they saw me. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling saw a tape of me, and they, and they, and they asked me to come over for a three month stint. And that was my big break mm. in 2008. You know, I had a probably, I probably had 75 or 80 bucks in my account, maybe left. You know, I was like, so I flew over. I flew to Japan mm. with probably 25 dollars in my wallet. <laughs> And not wow. nothing, you know, not wow. much. Yeah, I was pretty broke, man. Wasn't something before that where something happened with the dojo and you lived with Rocky because you were going to quit and Rocky's like, no, keep going or something like yeah. that? Was <clears throat> so, so there was, said, yeah, there's so much I kind of skipped over. Yeah, yeah, there's like there was a time. So Shinsuke Nakamura, who's in the WWE now, he's a big star. He was a he was a, a New Japan pro wrestling guy. He asked me to go out to eat one time. We were, I was living in the dojo. And I said, Chinsky, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna chill here. He goes, please come. I said, I, you know, I don't, I just don't have any money. And I, I didn't want. It wasn't that I wanted him to pay or anything. I just meant like I was good. I had some protein. I was cool. And he goes, no, come with me now. So he drove me to an ATM, and he goes, put your card in ATM. And I was like, nah, man, like I don't have any money in it, Shin. And he goes, put it in. And he yelled at me and she's like, all right, fine. So I put it in. He goes, hit balance, I hit balance, and it was like fourteen bucks or something, right? And he goes. Wow, what happened? And I said, <laughs> I said, fuck life. I don't know. <laughs> like I was just gonna. They, they, they didn't want me to work anywhere. They wanted me to train to this dojo and just independent wrestling. Just was the way the way the way it was, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I moved back to Cin- or I went back to Cincinnati for Christmas. Um, I think to see my dad. And Rocky called me. I was like, Hey, when are you coming back to Los Angeles? And I was like, Man, I think I might just stay inside. I think I might, you know, kind of give give up the LA dream or whatever. And he goes, no, nah, man, come back and stay at my house with my mom. We'll take care of you for the next six months and, like, just just see, see what happens. And when I went back, and that's when I started, you know, things started weird, things started happening. So, you know, it, you got to have an opportunity. People have to take, you know, 
you need some help sometimes, right? If you, if you can find, you mm-hmm. know, if you just get yeah. little, if you can get little, little assists, little assists from people, you can tell that maybe that means you're a good person because people are going to, you know, if you can just be a good person, people will help you. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's yep. kind of what, that's what helped me along the way is I mean, it's just in that, you know, people didn't give me anything. They didn't give me any jobs, but it's just like, fuck this guy's, you know, I think people saw talent in me. And so they would give me, you know, so I got, got help and got opportunities. And then when you get the opportunity, you got to fucking knock it out of the park. Right. And so that's kind of, that's kind of just, uh, that's kind of the way it was. And I was in new Japan pro wrestling for eight years. And then WWE came and say, went with the WWE. I made it, you know, we made a lot of money in WWE. It was awesome. There for four years, we signed a, we signed a massive deal and then COVID hit and we got released. And then we signed with impact wrestling, AEW and now new Japan. Again, it's just a, it's a wild, long story of being in all the different companies, man. It's, it's really crazy. And just to just to kind of clarify, when he said he made a lot of money WWE, when I talked to him, he says, "Hey, I said, how's it going?" He goes, "He goes, they just ripped my contract." He goes, "It's it's life changing." So I mean, that's when you're in that place and you're in the right spot at the right time where he was, you know, one contract changed his life, you know. Yeah, it did. And like you know, that that was another interesting thing too, because you know, once we, we signed, we did sign this big deal that was. Uh, that was life changing, but then COVID hit, and then we got released, and like I wasn't expecting that. And like it, I mean, it, 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 it's it. I'm over it now, but it, it got it, it made me pretty fucking hot. Like I was pretty, I was pretty pissed off about it. And I've, I've spoke about it a lot, but uh, it almost inspired me more because we had the last two years during this COVID thing. You know, it's two of the best years I had um, financially, and, and two of the of the best years that I've had just having fun and kind of and you know, reinvigorating myself for like with what, what, what I love to do. And it's, it's just wrestling is just always been my favorite thing. <clears throat> so you said you talked a lot about what happened. Are you, are you still free to talk about that stuff now? I don't want to. Yeah. No, yeah. So, no, we had, so, uh, so yeah. let it out. Obviously there's a little frustration there. What happened? Cause WWE is like, it's like, that, it's like that, know, that's like the peak of the mountain. And obviously they're really known to kind of recycle people, meaning just kind of take you and throw people away, bring them back on to the lower pay rate, all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah. So let's hear you talk, bro. Well, you know, our contract, we don't, the time, our time in WWE was great, right? It was fun. Made a lot of friends, traveled the world. Then our contract was coming up and, uh, we weren't sure we wanted to stay there because we weren't all the way happy with like some of the creative stuff or whatever. And then, you know, out of nowhere, some of our best friends were starting this, this new company called AEW and they offered us an amazing deal to go there. So it's a, we're going to let our contracts ride out and then go to AEW and we could start fresh and be with our friends and have a good time. But then, you know, WWE came and really, really, really pressed us and pushed us and uh, offered us some, fucking life-changing money we were like you know we took it so i thought i was going to be a wwe guy forever and uh so i fucked my friends over a little bit um with uh, AEW, and we've we've made up is that the way yeah that's the way to use it to say it we've made up now we're still we're still friends again but like you know i fucked over my friends at AEW to go back to wwe and then as soon as COVID hits then we got the call and got released and it uh i mean you know I'm I'm good with it now, but then it was like it it I realized it's a business. It is what it is, mm-hmm. and that's the only. What do you really do? I mean, it's just I, I I know for sure one thing it did is it motivated me because these last two years, like I said, have been were better than the years that I had there. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I think you can take those 
because I, you know, I used the anger, or not the anger, but like the just disappointment, was, was pissed, yeah. yeah, whatever yeah. it was, frustration yeah. of like, I fucked my friends over to sign this, and then we get this call, and it's like, um, but you can use that though to like motivate you, absolutely, yeah, and and, and not use it, and not use it in like a bad way where you turn into yeah, it. Yeah. I think I might have taken it some some different routes at times. <laughs> I didn't need to, but like. But I, but if you can just if you can bottle it up and, and use it to and use it the right way, like I'm completely over it now and I'm and like I'm I'm good with it and it's it it motivated me and it helped me and I think my kids got to see it too because they saw Daddy at the top of this mountain, and then they saw me get fired and they saw me pissed off, but then they saw. They saw like the the resurgence of me going to AEW and then seeing the you know we we debuted on Impact to a, to like a, this massive buy rate which was awesome and like, and all the things that we've done now and then now the return to New Japan. Pro wrestling, and it's like, well, they, maybe so they can learn from, they can learn from watching what I did, um, mm -hmm. what I went through, and how you can, you know, deal with setbacks. Because life is part, of, you know, you're gonna have setbacks, right? So yeah. you gotta learn it. Not, not everything's gonna be beautiful, and perfect. I'm learning. Because so that's a, it, it, it taught me a lot, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, it's weird. I'm glad that it, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it happened. Honestly, it's almost a story of like just picking yourself up after something. Something yeah, bad yeah. happens, and a lot of yeah. a lot of people can't do that, you know. A lot of people stay yeah. down, you know. Yeah. Life hits them hard; they stay down. But yeah, I mean, I'm seeing. Up. Yeah, it's the truth. I mean, I, you know, there, there's a, there's a bunch of people that got released in the last couple of years now, and there's a lot, you know, and there's a lot that have not resurfaced. Like they just are yeah. gone. I mean, they're almost out of the business, or like they've mm -hmm. even you know sent me they've sent me and Gallo's text messages like you know what do I got to do? It's like there's nobody really because. You know, you, you don't. Some people don't know what to do outside of the WWE. It's like you know, you gotta you gotta hustle it up, and you gotta you gotta make these relationships with people. That I mean, as soon as the day, as soon as we got fired, I mean, like Scott Demore at Impact Wrestling within five minutes was you know calling us and and telling us he wants to get on and offer us a job, and he, and it was I mean, so it's those it's making those relationships with people through the years that you know, mm -hmm. like I said, and it's being yeah, it's being a good person and doing yeah. that and developing that. Yeah, absolutely. You can see it's yeah. working for I mean, and the resilience, the kids see the resilience and they'll learn from that. Yeah. And they'll be able, be able to handle challenges in their lives too. That's a great thing to teach as a father. You know, well, the day that I met Chad, you know, I'm coming into this new company and New Japan was where I wanted to go. So I'm first day on the job at the place mm. where, I, where I wanted to be. And I meet Chad, one of the first, you know, so obviously we're Gaijin, we're the white people, you know, so there's just a few of us. <laughs> so of course we, we cling together. And uh, so I meet Chad for the first day and he was so nice, like to the point where I was like kind of looking behind me, like, fuck, is he talking to me? You know, it's just, but he's so, he's, but he's, he's just so sincere and so nice. And then once you realize that's him, it just, it fucking draws you in because you don't find people that are, I mean, this is a dude who will do the right thing because it's the right thing. And that's, that's just yeah. it. And you don't find a lot of that anymore, you know, and it's, yeah. it's really cool. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I, me personally, I feel very blessed that I had a chance to become friends with Chad because he's one of those guys that, you know, he, there's not that many people that will do the right thing because it's the right thing. And Chad is one of them. You know? Nick, 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 you're one of those too. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, Ock and I, I think we try. <laughs> we listen, listen. Bodybuilding is a little bit more cutthroat, so. Yeah. 
I don't know, yeah, man. But... Wrestling, wrestling's pretty fucking nuts. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be leaving, man. <laughs> I think you know it, it's a. The, I think the best way to look at it with wrestling is like it's it, you know it's 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 not it's not real, right? It's a work. So that's mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing is like sometimes you got guys that will sneak in there and like you're always trying to change the creative meeting or this or that because it's not a real fight, like. John could whoop my ass, right? But I had to beat him a couple times. And I'm thinking, like, if, if he didn't want me to beat him, he ain't gonna let me beat him because it's good. Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. So how does that work out? Because you see that, like, being a fan of wrestling, like yeah. massively when I was younger, and now you look back and you see Hulk Hogan talking about Andre the Giant, going, "Yeah, if Andre didn't want you to beat him or wanted you to do something, it just didn't happen." Yeah. So. How does that work out, and what's that process like? Well, I, guess what, I would say it's – go ahead, John. I was going to say let Chad tell this story because I was a shitty wrestler. I was never a good wrestler. I didn't have all the time. I was never a fan. I just came in there, you know, basically jumped from strongman into wrestling just because it was a bigger platform. So Chad is the guy that's going to answer this question with some meaning. <laughs> yeah, but you, yeah, but, John, you were good, though, for especially with, the, with the, such a little experience, like – I showed up when I showed up to where I was working with with Chad, I had been only wrestling for like nine months and most everybody else had been wrestling for, I mean, fuck 10, a lot of the guys I'm in the ring with been wrestling for fucking 10, 15 years. And so there's, there's a couple, there's one good match that's still, I I believe it's still on YouTube on uh, new Japan for wrestling put it out. A match we had in Sendai. One of our first ones was, it was great. Is really good, but like you know, if John didn't want me to like, so here, here's the thing. Now it's 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 such a business now. If John didn't want me to beat him, like he probably would have gotten fired, right? So it's like it's just yeah. or he, he never would have gotten brought back. So you got to play ball sometimes. Does right? the but, bookers say, look, they say, look, Chad's going over, which means Chad's winning at the ten minute mark, and then we basically figure yeah. out how to tell the story. So we got to figure out how is the crowd going to believe that this guy beats this big fucking monster. We have to make it believable. That's that's how it unfolds. <laughs> this little shit can be. Wow. The match that the match that we have, the match we have on YouTube, I I I will send it to you. But I think that's you, you actually beat me there. I think with with the, the with wrestling John now that you've learned once you get you have enough experience. Like I, I I would make John just look like a fucking monster and then move out of the way of something and roll him up as fast as I could. One, two, three, and run out and run away. You know what I mean? It'd be a surprise attack type scenario. Yeah. You know? that's what's <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about telling, it's all about telling the story, you know, which is the fun part. I think John looks like John's this big monster beating the fuck out of me for 10 minutes. And people would be going nuts. And then I move out of the way, roll him up and run and run away with a big victory. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that is actually smart. Yeah. yeah. yeah and then, then it becomes believable. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And see, here's the best thing, you know, it was like Chad and there was like, there was a handful. There was, there was Chad, there was uh, Matt and then uh, Ferg. These are, these are kind of the, there's a handful of, handful of Gaijins and they all kind of figured out pretty quickly that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So they would, they would, they would basically protect me in the ring, meaning that like Chad would talk me through it. You know, he'd be getting up, he'd be, you know, I'd be pulling him up. And he'd say, hit the ropes, I'm going to duck one. You know, he'd just be telling me what to do as we're working in there. So it's yeah. actually, there's a lot of communication. And wow. when, you got a, when you got someone that knows what they're doing, they can really fucking guide you, you know? Yeah. So hold on, hold on. I thought you guys choreograph everything before you guys get in the ring. You guys are doing it on a fly. Well, on the fly? We, 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 well, we do we'll some, but, here, but here's the thing. I can't uh-huh. fucking remember a full 10 fucking minutes. He can. So... <laughs> Yeah. So, so I, know, 
<laughs> so, you know, well, you know it's even crazier now, John. Like, so New Japan, they don't, they're not as strict about the times, right? But now I've learned a whole different, there's two different, there's almost, there's three or four different styles of it. But I've almost learned this, I learned this new style of, uh, or a different style. It's t- the TV wrestling, right? So in WWE, you, you get eight, say you get eight and eight, right? Well, that means you've got eight minutes. You got to plan eight minutes and then you got to go to commercial. So, you know, a minute before commercial, you got to think of something you can do that's going to, pop the people quickly and then come to a break and stop so they can get a, get a beauty shot of you before you go to commercial. Then you go to commercial for three minutes. Then when you come back up from commercial, you got to be doing something else. So you got to hear that you got, you know, you're, you're live now. Here we go. Let's do something. Then you got to finish it within eight minutes. So now you got to learn how to hit these times or else when you go back, you're going to get in fucking trouble, right? Like Vince is going to yell at you or you're going to get in a lot of trouble if you miss these times. And then sometimes you get in the ring and you think you have eight minutes on WWE television or, or whatever television, and they tell you, listen, you've only got five now. Hey, you guys got to go now. You got to go because something happens during a commercial or whatever. You start losing time. So now you got now you got to think on the fly. So you can't choreograph at all because if you start and, the, and, to and do keep this in mind, the ref is telling him that. So he went in the ring thinking he's got eight, oh. and the ref and the ref yeah. says, hey, guess what? You got your you got only five now. Fuck, and he's got to somehow figure out how to tell that story with three minutes less on the yeah. fly. Yeah, and if uh, yeah, so that, that's, yeah. that was the question I had that people are going to wonder. How do you keep track of the time then? Yeah, so well, so telling you what, what the time is? They'll, they'll have somebody in the back, you know, keep them. They'll have the time that say you got eight minutes. They'll, they'll be watching it with the stopwatch or they'll be watching it with, you know, use it's, it's on live USA television, right? Or live Fox. They have somebody telling them. And then that person will relay it to the, uh, We'll relay it to the referee within the earpiece, and he'll then he'll relay that to us, and then then we're trying to then we're then we're trying to talk to each other, and something and it's it's a pretty it's a pretty cool art to know all that's going on and not always seeing the boys talking right because it's mm, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah. yeah it, it, we figured out and learn it, and then it's 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 an art, man. I mean, some guys are so good they can literally be talking to another guy, but they're not moving their fucking mouth. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Hardest things that was hard for me to learn with such little experience was to control my heart rate because it's exciting. Fucking people are going nuts every time. And when you're go when you're moving around, you got to go. But then when you don't have to move, you got to fucking settle yourself down quickly so you can get your wind back. Because if you if you just went in there and you'd lose your heart rate, you'll blow up. That's the term. You blow up, and then you can't fucking give the facials. You can't. The art is gone. You know, mm. dude, that's talent. Man. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it that's is pretty, it's pretty badass. When yeah, in the best TC for me, yeah. the, the the thing that the only thing I had to do was fucking scream and flex my muscles. So that that got me out of a lot. Of, that got me out of a lot of fucking. I I didn't. I got out of a lot of shit because that was that was kind of my thing right there. You know, that's but, even. Uh, that's that's uh, that's easy. That, that's 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 what you're good for. That's worth it. I mean, that's that's the money though. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god john john just got all the money shots <laughs> that's it that's all that's all you need no, so, you know, so, we, 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 i learned a lot from john though we, we, like i said we got the chance to sit on the bus together a lot and just uh just mm. bullshit and just talking like you know i learned i learned a lot from the guy i'm just a smart dude that's awesome you know well, he, we trade we yeah, trade he knowledge he, he 
he helped me how to keep my job in wrestling, and I helped him with shit that I knew outside of wrestling. <laughs> yeah, when I first when I first met John, I just I, I just only been making money and, and like not even making real money for two years because I didn't I didn't get a job. Like I said, I didn't I didn't have any money until I was twenty eight, right? Mm-hmm. So when people, when people start getting worried about not having money or not having a job, I didn't I didn't even have a full time job until I was twenty eight years old. You know? Wow! Wow! So, yeah, it's crazy. And I didn't make real money until probably 36. <laughs> but then when you make it, it's boom. Oh, baby, it's nice. It comes in hard and fast all in a short period of time. <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> My wife just told me what my bills were last month, and I went, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's, that's good shit. Yeah, no, that's, it's, it really is an art. And, and I'll tell you that, like, Chad is one of these guys that's done it so long. You know, he can work in the ring, but he's also got really what pays you the most is the gift of gab. He can cut a promo when they can put this when they can put the mic in your hand and you can entertain mm. people. That's now he's basically selling storylines. And that that's even they, they pay even more for that. The guys that some of the worst, some of the guys that were made the most were the best on the mic. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you're saying is to all the young kids out there, get good at talking on the mic and talking smack and. Having a conversation yeah. and being entertaining as you're doing that, you're probably good. You got it. You got a shot. You got a shot. You, you if you can like, I think people can look at me like you know. I think a lot of times they look at NFL guys or bodybuilders or you know professional athletes to to come into to come into wrestling, but a lot of times those guys don't always work out just because wrestling is is. I mean, it's just so different. You know, you gotta you've got to be able to talk. You've got to be able to get in the ring and wrestle. You've got to be able to. You know, not mind being on the road, you, and that doesn't always work out. And like I remember mm-hmm. WWE a couple of times, they stopped looking for independent guys, guys like me, and they started hiring, you know, kids from uh, football that didn't make it to the NFL or whatever. And like it didn't work mm-hmm. out for a while because like, and, and I, I don't know what they're doing now or where they're at, but it's some it's a weird business. You got to kind of like have this weird love for, or else it doesn't always work out. Mm-hmm. You know, one one thing, brother, one thing that most people they see <clears throat> they see the shows. Right. So explain, especially in WWE, that's a massive travel schedule. Explain what life is like on the road. So people don't understand you're flying here, renting a car, driving there. So let's just say you leave your house on what what day and, and talk about how, how everything unfolds for a week. So people can understand the rigors that you go through in terms of being life on the road. You know, it was almost because uh, I. I got so used to being in Japan where we would be three weeks, you know, three weeks on the road in Japan and then about 10 days at home, a month on the road in Japan and then like eight days at home. So I'd miss a lot of time at home. So then we signed with the WWE, you know, you're on the road four, four to five days a week, but I was home two to three days every single week. And my kids were like, fuck, this is great, dad. Like I'm home every single week. It was weird. It sounds like it's a lot and it is, but to be able to be home every week, I started watch. I started getting to know my kids more, and like it was, it was, it was really cool. But for example, on you leave on Friday morning and you land in Cincinnati, Ohio, then you pick up the car in Cincinnati and you wrestle in Cincinnati, then you drive to Columbus, Ohio, and Saturday you wrestle in Columbus, Ohio. And you got to rent a room, go get a get a hotel. Then after Columbus wrestling, you you drive to Cleveland and you do a Cleveland show. You wrestle there, and then you drive to Detroit where you do Monday Night Raw. And then you do Monday Night Raw live in front of everybody on TV. Then Tuesday morning, you fly home. Mm-hmm. Then you're home Tuesday, Wednesday, then back out again Thursday. And that's basically what it was for 
for four years. I mean, it's like it's it's and then you go on to, and then you then you go on a European tour where you go to England and Germany and you, you wrestle every single day for fourteen days. It's pretty, it's it's an oh, intense yeah. thing, man. It's it's nonstop and the injuries the injuries are real. Mm. Now is somebody coordinating all this? It's great. It's fun you know, being in Japan, sorry, what, what's that? Is somebody coordinating all this, oh. or do you got to go get the car yourself? You got to go oh, yeah, to the no, hotel, no, so, check so, in, it, get it the hotel yourself. Yeah, the hotel's all about you. The hotel's yourself. You know, you see, you're, you're an independent contractor, right? So you yeah, pick up your, you get your own car, you get your own hotel. But then you're, you know, but it's 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 a weird schedule because you get paid for each show. That even though you're on this salary, you also get paid for each show. So like, you know. The, the hotels and the cars are all it all it, it all is paid for in, in ultimately but you're paying for that yourself but you got to pick up your own car book your own room mm-hmm. and i mean so like you know a lot of times i you know I, I just say i land in cincinnati on friday morning i go oh shit i gotta rent a car i forgot i'd forgotten to rent a car so i gotta, I gotta rent a car that, at the airport that morning you know mm-hmm. and then and then figure out where we're gonna stay that night it's intense wow well, and, and here's the thing is that, like, Chad, he was signed into a big whopping contract, so he had plenty of money. But a lot of guys right. that could put on the road, they're on that base salary. So by the time they get by the time they get done with the road, there's not a lot left over. You know, and that's where that's where a lot of the, you know, a lot of guys get in WWE and they don't have that that big money contract. They're spending a ton of what they're making just trying to just trying to stay alive and on the road. You know? Yeah. So, I think that's changed. I think that's changed now, though. I think the, the I think the money is finally. Oh, is it? For them, yeah. Back in the day, it was it was it was less, but yeah, the money's the money's better now. I was I was gonna say you better keep track of all your receipts, man. If, if that's what you're doing, oh, that's, oh, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just put it all I put it all on the same card. Okay, and, okay, I just, okay. and then I and I just watched that whole card, and it just yeah. I, I can't imagine what the boys had to do with John. This. Yeah, back in the days. Yeah. <laughs> John John actually just got me to start doing that. Okay. So, yeah, you gotta yeah. write everything off. Yeah, well, I wrote, everything off. An American Express, man. It's it's basically a thirty day interest free loan that you pay it off right. every month. Everything you spend goes on that card, and that's your that's all your write offs are built right into one place. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I do. Yeah, even here, I'm in Japan. Like I'm in Japan now. I'm just using the same card for for the for sushi for the family mart for the convenience store everything how much is on that card for beer that's what i want to know (laughs) (laughs) you know i've almost i've tried to uh i've almost switched to like red wine i've gotten abs a couple times in my life now like good defined for me and and when and each time i've had a really good set of abs I've have cut the beer out, and I just I sip on like I either drink red wine or like you know Tito's vodka or something. But man, I love firing back beers, man. Not even for like not even for like uh, the buzz, just because I, I I truly love the taste of a nice ice cold beer. Mm. Well, it, I mean, when we would like after a show, we go to a sponsored dinner. It was killer, I mean, because they'd take you to these really nice fucking restaurants, we're eating Kobe beef and hanging out all night. And everything's paid for. I yeah. mean, just just sitting after a match, you're you know, you're you're hyped up from the crowd, going in there and sucking back some beers and having a great dinner. It's just something about you. Just kind of, you just kind of want to. It's just a good feeling, you know. The taste of the beer. It's like this familiar feeling of like it's a good place to be. The good night work, great food, couple of beers. It just, it's like that. 
something in your head. It just it like brings it's, it's like a little dopamine release when you have that beer, you know. <laughs> yeah. especially, especially when you're on the road, man. Fuck. <clears throat> yeah. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what was what, what's been the most strenuous company in terms of what, what's been the hardest to work for, brother? You know, I, I think when I look back on it, I mean, I, I love my time in Japan for sure, but um, that, that, that one would have to have been the, the, the hardest travel schedule, right? Because I have four sons and I had my third son. I was, I was, thankfully, I was home for all the births, but uh, I had the third son. Um, and I think the next day I flew to Canada for a New Japan show and then I went to Japan um, for like a month. And I only seen him. I left my wife and the new baby in the in the hospital. Um, so I don't remember. And I don't remember. And I was. And we were so that we we had this thing called the Bullet Club, and it started getting really, really, really hot in Japan. So they wanted us there even more. I was probably in Japan two hundred and two hundred something days. Like I, I don't remember my third son as a baby much. And that's kind of like I, I I don't enjoy that part. But I mean, you know that. That I I think I think I think I think both me Nick both me Nick and John we got to give your wife a huge shout out man she right about <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> hey she's oh yeah she's she's good man she's hey yeah. she was in the she, she was, was a trooper the, yeah I'm telling you I, I gave her a hug and a kiss when she was she had a C section with the third one and then I was like all right I'm out of here I gotta go make a town baby <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he gets it, man. We've been we've been through the ringer, but at the end of the day, like she, I mean, she she gets it. She gets the schedule. She's she's the, she's got she's messaging me right now, mad about the uh, the baseball. All, all my kids are good baseball players right now, and she's mad about the league because she's, she's just she just wrote me. I'm so furious with this baseball. <laughs> yeah, she was she was involved in when you were just when you were kind of coming up. So she's been involved in kind of all levels when. You were just grinding it out, just trying to get to where you are. And then she's also yeah. been now that you're at the top. So she's been through it. She's been with you the whole time, man. It's really cool. Hey, one time, one time I took her to dinner, right? Way before I this is we we were just dating probably 15, 16 years ago. And I said, uh, I took her out to eat. Fuck the bill came and I went. I looked at the bill and it's like a hundred bucks. And I went, Oh boy. And I said, Hey, you uh you got this? She goes, Yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah. I only have wow. 40, 45 bucks in my account or whatever. You know? I didn't know it was going to be that much. Uh, Times have changed, thing, brother. Right? Times yeah, have changed, huh? Thing, yeah. I'm sure yeah. it's changed. Yeah. And, and that's, the, takes, that's, the, that's, the, that's the beautiful thing is that, you know, you're, a, you're that perfect story of a guy that shouldn't have made it, but you just stayed strong and stayed true to what you're doing. And now you're at the top of the top, brother. That's fucking great shit. Yeah, man. No, it's, it's a, when I look back, I mean, it is a, it is a cool story, man. Like it's something I, I I always wanted to be a I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. It's all I ever the thought of it. Right, it's the thought of it's all I ever. It's all I ever wanted to watch when I was a kid. I watched you know from five mm -hmm. years old. Man, all I, my favorite thing ever. So who's the craziest the craziest wrestler that you've ever known since you've you've been in the business for a long time? Who's the craziest wrestler you've ever run across? Jesus, there's man again. There's so many. I'd have to look back. I, I mean, I always bring up, hey, John. Listen, man, you're you're high up there, bub. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're you're. Whose room were you afraid to go in the most? 
<laughs> like if you went into somebody's room, you wouldn't want to touch nothing. Who's who had the scariest room? Well, that's, of course, John's. <laughs> no, dude. no, dude. When, when we would when we would pull into a certain town, right? Basically, because we all we would always go to these loops, so we were in the same hotels every time we tour back in that air, that region of Japan. Everybody would people would write down what room I had the last tour, and they didn't want that room. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta remember, there's every, there's, there's every bottle all over that room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's John. Hey, he said he, he said at the to, he said the Tokyo Dome Hotel. He said he'd write down. He would write down whatever room number John was in. He said he's no way he's gonna go in that room. <laughs> I mean, I got a, I got my partner now. I've been on the road with since 2013. He's, we, we, we got a great thing going uh, with Luke with Gallows. Doc Gallows. Gallows is nuts, man. He's nuts. He's, he's insane, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't like staying in his rooms, man. He's, got, he's, he's a very strong manish. <laughs> he's very much like John. We were we Chad's got this. He's got a ripping fucking podcast. It's really fucking cool. And he had me on. It was a, probably a couple of years back. Oh yeah. And uh, Gallows, that's that's the his partner and and his partner on the podcast. Gallows has his fucking wife sneak in where you under the camera and fucking gives him a blowjob right during the goddamn show. <laughs> and and Chad was the one that picked it out. He's all. He's like, God damn it! What what's going on over there? And he's like, Oh, nothing, you know. <laughs> but he's he's he, he he is, he's, yeah, he, he's crazy. He's insane. Yeah. What was that, yeah, brother? Yeah, you broke up. He was trying to be smooth about it. He was trying to be smooth <laughs> about it, but it was like, What are you doing? I mean, can we not just have a podcast here? Like, what do you? Can you just wait? <laughs> This is this is Gallows. We're we're pulling out of a hotel. I can't remember what hotel we we're pulling out of. Somewhere in Japan, and he's in the back of the bus, and he's in his back there. He's reclined, and he's got this big fucking white pillow behind his neck, right? And we're about ten minutes away from the hotel, and the the, the driver gets a call, and uh, then basically turns around, and says, "Hey, did someone did Gallows? Did you take a pillow from your room?" And he's all, "No." <laughs> he's like so, he's so he's so nuts he gets away with it because he's so nuts you know what i mean you, mm. <laughs> yeah, everyone just laughs yeah, yeah oh, that's that's funny. there's stuff there's there's i mean there was one time one time on the on the bus in japan there's a a, a referee named uno sits he sit right behind me and he all he loves his hat he always has a red hat on. <clears throat> well, I ripped a I ripped a little silent but violent fart, right? And I I, I feel it wafting through the bus. I go, oh boy, oh no, I know. I, and I'm I'm going to take the heat for it because I everyone knows it's either me or John, and John wasn't on that tour. Well, Uno Uno sits up. He slaps me in the head. He goes, ah, I stinks. He throws the window open, and his hat goes <laughs> flies right out the window. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Channel double fuck you double fuck stink in my hat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so many so many yeah. insane stories like that to even <laughs> yeah you know and, it, and there's it's also you know we were talking earlier about like Nick you asked about like 
big, nasty, crazy shit. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. not even big, nasty, crazy shit that fucks you up. My tag team partner was a guy named Nanabu Nakanishi, and he fucking broke his neck in the ring. That was kind of what ended. That's kind of what ended our run. We were on a. We were. They were pushing oh. the shit out of us. Once, once Nakanishi broke his neck, he was in the hospital. He he actually was partially paralyzed. He regained, you know, most of, but he was never the same. But it, yeah. it's crazy. Sometimes it's not even the stuff that's crazy that hurts you. It's just fuck. You you just a, an angle is just a little bit off. <clears throat> Your chin's not quite tucked enough, you know. And yeah. pow, you know. There was a. Uh... There's a, a wow. Japanese wrestler. There's a Japanese wrestler over here now. His name's Otani, um, for a smaller company. He hit his. He just hit his head on the uh, on the turnbuckle and he didn't get up. And they really they, they had all, had all the fans get out of the get out of the arena, and they're stretching him oh, out. Really? And, and yeah, he still hasn't. He hasn't moved yet. Still, I mean, he uh, he's oh, lost fuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did he hit? How was? How did it unfold? How did he hit the buckle? What was he doing? He took a, he took a German suplex into the turnbuckles and and just the bottom of his and he hit the bottom turnbuckle and it popped it like that. And oh, fuck. yeah. And it and he and he lifted his head up and he put his head right back down and he didn't move again. Wow, it's God scary, damn. man. That's the scary shit that you know. You, and that's something so little that we all it could happen to any of us. And, you know, it's not something that. So that's why it's you know got to take every day, baby. Yeah, yeah sometimes it's just a matter you of do. an inch that make all the difference. You know, if he'd been a little bit, if he was positioned a little different on the turnbuckle, it would have been okay. Yeah, so it was, obviously, it's probably a spot he was that was supposed to happen. It just the spot fucked up, correct? Yeah, just probably just just one, just a couple inches higher or lower, he'd been fine. You know. Yeah, I, I understand. I almost, I almost got killed at World's Strongest Man in 2017. Fuck. Man. Tell hey, the story, crazy. brother. Let's hear it. So, uh, Payman was flipping, uh, I was going out, we were getting ready for Fingo Fingers. And you talk to the guys and you get the crew to come out with a little cart and you flip the first or the second finger over. And the guy from Iran uh, didn't know any English and I had just flipped the first finger over, finger over and I was like standing there and I hear just Colin just start screaming at me. He's like, Nick, move, 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 move. I took a step back, the finger just slams. Goes, I mean, misses my face and oh, my, everything probably by this much. It would have, it would just oh, it split my head open. Oh, it would, it would have crushed your skull. Crush your yeah, skull. Yeah, I'd have been dead in the door now. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, that's scary, man. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy, just how one little movement, one person doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, and it's just that's the end. Yeah. So no, it's but, yeah, yeah, it's scary it's, as hell. Jeez. Yeah. On a broader yeah. note, he also carried the shield 60 meters, the 440 shield 60 meters, and dropped it, and which made Sadrunas have to carry it 60 meters, and he didn't make it. He dropped it at 54, and I went 74 and a half or something like that and won the event, which made a tie, and I won the heat and made it to the finals that year. So there we go. Because there the guy still made the finals. So it's kind of <laughs> one of those things. You won, you won, on, a, you won on a day you could have died. Fuck. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> I, I won on a day I could have died. Yes. That's a good way to look at it, right there. Oh shit! Yeah, could have gone either way, baby. So, yeah, so yeah. what do you think in terms of your career, brother? I mean, you're you're rocking right now. You're looks like they're they're booking you in a real safe way. How much how much longer do you think you can go? You're 40 I mean, now, look, right? I'm 42 now, man. I'm 42. I feel great. Jesus Christ. Like, shit goes quick, doesn't it? Fuck. God damn. It goes. It goes. <laughs> It goes quick, baby. I, uh, 
you know, we signed a two-year deal with Impact Wrestling. Um, our contract with them is up in July. Um, there's lots of stuff going on. We're back in New Japan now. I'm not. We're not sure exactly what, exactly what's going to happen or what you know which company it's going to end up in. But you know, I've been happy with Impact. Um, and how much longer I have in the ring? Not, honestly, I. I <clears throat> I don't know, man. I, I could I could see myself. I mean, knock on wood, as always. But I feel good. I feel I feel as good as I've ever felt. And I, mm-hmm. um, taking the bumps and and wrestling the way I've been wrestling always. I haven't changed anything, and I still feel good. So I mean, I'm not gonna put a limit on it, right? I'm gonna keep going until I'm gonna keep going now. I can see myself doing another eight years, honestly. Mm-hmm. Good nine, for you, brother. I don't see why I don't see why not. As long as if they're gonna, and I'm gonna keep getting paid, I'm gonna I might not ever retire. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, if you stay, you keep you keep your skills on the mic. They're going to keep you around, brother. You know, that's what I'm saying. That, that if you, you ever heard of a wrestler called Abdullah the Butcher, old school brother, yes. man, he, he look yeah. him up sometimes. He was he was he was cool, man. Well, I met him in I met him in Tokyo like about ten years ago, and he looked back at me and he said, "People keep asking me when I'm going to retire. If they're going to keep paying me, I'm never going to fucking retire." And I said, <laughs> "Exactly." <laughs> so exactly. you're brother you're one of these guys that's been really good about building business outside of the ring uh you know you've got your podcast and you got some other stuff going on like your your uh i haven't seen much but you told me about your cartoon yeah to talk to us about what's going on with what you're doing outside the ring because it's yeah we did you're really we really cartoon. creative yeah we got we have a cartoon called that we have a podcast called talking shop which you know fortunately did really well and we got it on a um on uh, the platform called Blue Wire, Blue Wire Podcasts, we have uh, a cartoon called The Gimmicks that just got picked up by, uh, I'm not sure the name of the production company, but Toonstar, Toonstar bought it, and then Ashton Kutcher and Milo Kunis's production team turned it into an NFT world Discord type thing, and so they bought it, so we're getting paid through that now, which is, just a, it's just a crazy cartoon where I'm, we're just, we're just being us, and they, they animated us, and it's just a lot of, R-rated cussing and funny wrestling. This it's basically been this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit like that. Um, there, there's a there's a uh, oh yeah right here Max Effort Muscle, Max Effort I uh, bought into a, a brother named Corey Gregory. Um, he started. He was one of the starters of, of Muscle of Muscle Farm. I think I brought him up to you, John, a long time ago. He ended up. Uh, he ended up, we ended up connecting and becoming friends and kind of, he's like a mentor to me too now. And so, nice. uh, yeah, so I'm that's, I'm a, we're business partners in that, in that supplement company there. I'm a little minority owner and, uh, just, just keeping on, I'm trying to get into real estate. I'm gonna start calling John about that. <laughs> right. Yeah, right on, man. That's good. Because it's good to see. Obviously, a lot of times athletes of all types, they don't prepare for life after uh, whatever the sport is. And yeah. obviously, for right now to see you, you know, basically parlaying and leveraging what you got <clears throat> outside the ring is great. You'll probably end up staying because of your mic skills. You'll probably stay being paid for a long time. But just in case you've got these other streams set up, that's fucking good shit, brother. Yeah, you got yeah, to have different avenues of ways to make money, right? And. I want to be able to lay beside my lay lay at my lay lay on my by my pool and not have to do shit, you know. That's when it. I don't want to, when I don't want to, when I don't, mm-hmm. don't have to, don't want to. I want to lay down and relax someday. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's so you got to we got to make it all now. 
There we go. Mm-hmm. But so quick shift of gears. Chad was one of these guys that was he was so it was so fun because every you know, on days off and sometimes even if we had a night show, we had time, we'd go to the gym, we'd train. And Chad would be one of these guys. I'd, I'd go to him into training with me and uh, I've just just burn him up. It was great. But I, I didn't just do it to him. I did it to everybody. But uh, I've, there were a couple of times where I get Chad training and He'd, it would be 10 minutes in and he'd just start getting those big fucking yawns because, you know, the, the, the dopamine or whatever, the, the endorphins are releasing. But uh, th- this is a guy right here. He, he will make you laugh no matter where you are. It's, it's the, that's the best yeah. thing about Chad. I mean, so, I mean, he's making me do these fucking, these rear delt things. I mean, just way too many of them. I mean, you know, we're on our 30th, we're our 30th set and I'm just going, oh, shit. Oh, just dying. <laughs> Running. Aren't we? We got to be done. But I, w- I was no. Yeah, you know, five more sets. Let's go. I would train uh, with guys before, before, like the day before a match or the day of a match, and then they'd get in there and they would like borderline not be able to do their stuff. You know, what yeah, was that? Remember uh, <laughs> Kozlov? Remember Kozlov? Yeah, he couldn't walk. <laughs> so, John, John, was, John was trying to pull the Arnold route on you guys. Yeah. <laughs> this kid, this oh, one kid was a Russian. He was a, a Russian kid. Like, says, bro, I, I made a big mistake, man. I did legs with John. I can't fucking walk. I have to wrestle tonight. Fuck. And he was so mad. <laughs> like, his legs oh. weren't working. Well, then, uh, but then sometimes you'd get fucking, like, fucking legitimate badass studs like Shelton Benjamin. This guy, he, he was a. I mean, shit, he was an NC2A heavyweight wrestling champion. So he was a legitimate fucking badass, you know? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. known to be one of the best athletes that ever worked at WWE. You know, so, of course, at that point, that's just that's just me wanting to fucking, you know, burn somebody up that's, that's uh, you know, that's known to be fucking really good at training and whatnot. And, uh, but it was just, that's just kind of the fun competitive training stuff that's fun. And then, obviously, if they're not used to training like that, then... They get a little tied up and they can't do their stuff in the ring. But for me, it was great fucking comedy. I used to love it, you know? Yeah. You talk, <laughs> you talk, you talk the boys a lot about training and eating and all that shit on the weekends. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just, I mean, because on the road, everybody's eating fucking McDonald's and all sorts of shit, you know? And it was just so easy to give some people tips when, you know, fast food is, is one of the best, is one of the most regular things they're eating, you know? But, uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah. those were fun times. I got to tell you, the time that the times that I spent with Chad over in Japan were some of my those were those were fucking good times, man. You know, we had a good time over there. Yeah, some of the best. Man. That was fucking good. That was fucking good shit. So let's switch gears, brother. So if you can get into a time machine and you can go back to some point in your life and give yourself a piece of advice. What time, how far back do you go and what do you say? to you? Man, I guess I would probably go back to uh, probably 25 year old, 26 year old Chad and say, don't quit. You know, don't uh, stay the course. This shit's going to, this yeah. shit's going to work out, you know? Cause I mean, I used to think I was, I always thought I would make it right. I thought I would, because I thought, I thought I was talented enough. I felt like I was talented enough and I heard people say that I was talented enough. And like not believing it, I mean, or not not believing my own shit or anything like that. But just you know, you know when you're good at something. And I just knew, I knew I'd be good, 
I knew I could make it, but then I was like, I wasn't seeing it, anything happening. So I started, that's, that's why a couple of times I was like, fuck, I need to quit this shit. Like, I don't think it's going to work out. If I could just go back and just be like, hey, don't, because there's probably some days when I probably was acting depressed or like being sad or be, or feeling sorry for myself. I think I would go back to 25 year old me and slap me in the face and say, enjoy this shit. I, enjoy the journey, man, because I look back now and I miss some yeah. of those days when I was 24, 25 years old thinking, fuck, am I ever going to make it? Am I ever going to make it? Like, who gives a fuck? You're going to make it. Just enjoy this time right now. Like, enjoy the time you have with your father, your dad, your mom when you see him, like your little brother. Like, just enjoy, enjoy life and fucking know that it's all going to work out. Just, just try to live, man. That's a good piece of advice, brother, because obviously you, you didn't quit. That's where you are, where you are, yeah. but to enjoy, enjoy the journey. That's, that's a, that's a piece of advice. That's powerful shit. Because I think, uh, I think a lot of people can look back in their journey and realize, God damn, there was a lot of stuff that I could have enjoyed a lot more because I was so worried about, you know, the destination, you know? So. Exactly. And I, I think I've heard that. I've heard it a lot before to like, enjoy the journey, but like I've, I, I can't stress that enough now. I look back on some of those times when I was, you know, quote unquote broke or whatever, but like if I could just slap that kid and just slap that motherfucker, like from a slap that slap with a strong man slap and say, just enjoy this time. You're gonna if you're gonna be all right, enjoy it, man. Like that's what I would tell anybody now that was coming up and had talent. Like just try to just enjoy the journey and it, it's gonna work out or it's not, but just enjoy it. Yeah. Right on, brother. Well, you've, you've touched uh, in, in, in the wrestling business, myself being a perfect example, man, you just being such a good person, you touched a lot of influence, a lot of people just by the good, just how good of great of a person you are, you know? So the question here is, you know, when, when you're, when you finally pass, what are you, you're known as a great wrestler. You've worked at, you've been shit, you've held belt in just about every fucking company that there is known to man. So what, what do you want to be remembered for? Man, that's a good one. Jeez, I'd, I'd want to be known as a hard worker, someone that worked really, really hard, and and uh, was a was a good father. That's just that would be important to me, man. Because I mean, even even with the times that I've had to travel and I've been and I've been gone so much, I think my kids would still. I don't think they think my daddy's always gone. It's like we're always in touch. When I'm home, I'm I'm present, and like so that that would be the, that would be the coolest thing. Like to not even. I wouldn't even care if it was like he was a he was a superstar wrestler. Like just know that I was a hard worker and I was a good dad. Yeah, that's good. That brother. That's good shit. Yeah. yeah. And the damn fits right along with one of the only motherfuckers in the world that looked at strong John Man Anderson and went. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and he did. It was just so out of fucking nowhere. We were sitting there. I don't know. I, he said something, so I kind of I had turned. Enough of his shit. We're, sitting, we're sitting side by side. I turned, and he just fucking that that hand was already coming, and I was just like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> I said, here, oh. "Here we go. It's time to get. It's coming back now." And then it oh, just he, turned into like every slap was just. It was like it was even though they hurt. It was like love slaps. It was like we were we were showing love with every slap. <laughs> I Yours hurt me. I don't know what you're talking about. My, my <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, fucking frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he doesn't start going, it's all fake, me ball, it's all fake. You know, once he's not doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I exactly. love it. Sorry, but that's my we, Rocky free thing. 
We thank you for coming on, brother. We've had you on for a little over an hour. We appreciate it. I know you got stuff to do. Uh, you got stuff to do this morning. Absolutely, brother. It was great to have you on. At some point, it would be great if we could have uh, you and Gallows together because that would be some – Gallows is an entertaining motherfucker. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, he's he, he's the best. Yeah, for sure. That'd be that'd be great. He's, he, he's one of the only guys that, may, that makes me laugh hard as hell. <laughs> yeah, he, he and I, we were we only crossed paths for a little while. Once, right? we were, I think we're – yeah, we were on one tour together. And we just yeah. fucking clicked. We clicked and understood each other right away, you know. <laughs> it was – I love it. Now, thanks, Ray. It's nice meeting you guys, Nick and Kim. It's nice meeting you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so as we wrap up, Nick and Ock, do you have anything else for chat before we wrap this baby up? No, man. It's been a pleasure to listen to all the stories. And I just uh, continued success, man. Thank you, man. Continue I appreciate success. it. You guys, too. Thank you. Yeah, continued success. And thank you for taking the time to do this. This was really – it was actually it was a really good inside view of what you go through in the life of a, a professional wrestler, quite literally. And yeah, and, and the burden it is on you and the family, but how much you love it. And, you know, it, it's a really neat thing. So thank you for taking the time to do that. I think we got a side of it that people just don't, normal people yeah. just have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you guys. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, everyone, there's another edition of Legends of Iron. We got uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson joining us, and hopefully his story going from literally the guy who kind of quit college to go try to be a wrestler and now is at the top he's making money he's living the life but the moral to the story is never fucking quit we hope you enjoyed we hope we motivated you all we will see you next time legends of iron is brought to you by muscle mix eating like a bodybuilder is not cheap i mean have you seen the recent cost of steaks lately thankfully i'm able to get all my meals in and hit my macros for just a fraction of the price with Carnivore Lean Meal, Muscleman's newest innovative whole food meal replacement. Compare Carnivore Lean Meal to a typical bodybuilding meal. Carnivore Lean Meal stacks up in protein and carbs with none of the fat, but a Carnivore Shake is only about $3 per meal. Get my six meal in. This is what I use right here. This is my meal number six. It's my Carnivore Lean Meal. It's a combination of carbs combined with protein. It's actually made from real sweet potatoes and white potatoes so can't beat that tastes awesome love that product and to top it all off guys it's lactose free and sugar free stop overpaying for your meals and eat clean with carnival lean meal it's better than any meal you can cook yourself at a fraction of the price <laughs>